And thank you for joining us on a new episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. While sustainable aviation fuel just got a huge boost from the Treasury Department that could clear a major new corn ethanol market for takeoff. Treasury's new tax guidance could create a 36 billion gallon market for sustainable aviation fuel made with biofuels like corn ethanol. Renewable Fuels Association head Jeff Cooper says the Treasury's accepted a key modeling tool to measure carbon intensity and eligibility for a make-or-break tax credit. We were looking for inclusion of the Department of Energy's GREET model in this guidance, and we were happy to see that it is, in fact, listed as an approved methodology for doing that analysis. The news follows Virgin Atlantic's first-ever 100% SAF transatlantic test flight from London to New York. Cooper says Treasury must still work out the details, but he's hopeful about revisions expected by next March. We are cautiously optimistic. We're hopeful that this guidance today is what will open the door to this opportunity for America's ethanol producers and and farmers and airlines to really jump into the aviation fuel marketplace. Cooper adds that SAF is a bulwark against the transition away from liquid fuels in the motor vehicle fleet. Demand for liquid fuels in light-duty transportation, we do expect to be flat or declining over the long term as we do see greater fuel economy and more electrification in the light duty fleet. So we we look at aviation as a potentially huge new market opportunity. The COP28 climate summit in Dubai agreed to triple the use of renewable fuels by 2030 and phase out fossil fuels by 2050. That is to keep the global average temperature from hitting a critical climate changing benchmark. Well, dairy farmers Alex Peterson of Missouri and Becky Nyman of California have been elected to guide the U.S. Dairy Export Council as its chair and vice chair, respectively. The vote came in a December 13th meeting of USDEC's board of directors. Now, Krista Harden, the U.S. Dairy Export Council president and CEO, says, quote, I am delighted and thrilled to have such bright and capable leaders to guide us at this pivotal time. As we look to the future, this is the right team to help the U.S. dairy industry continue to grow exports, end quote. Peterson and Nyman share similar personal stories. Both left budding careers to return home to work on their family-owned dairy farms, and both have given their time and energy to serve the broader U.S. dairy industry in multiple leadership positions. Now, back in August, Peterson was named as the interim chair of the Dairy Export Council, stepping in for Larry Hancock, who had served four years in that role. Peterson says, quote, my job as U.S. Dairy Export Council chair is to bring fresh, innovative solutions to life and help solve some of the most pressing challenges the global dairy industry faces today. Ultimately, my goal is to advocate for U.S. dairy farmers on the international stage, making it as simple as possible for U.S. dairy exporters to establish footholds in new regions, develop their business and meet the rising demand for dairy across the globe, end quote. Uh, Again, congratulations to Alex Peterson of Missouri and Becky Nyman of California being elected to lead the U.S. Dairy Export Council as its chair and vice chair, respectively. Well, U.S. pork saw another great month in exports, according to the latest data for the month of October from the USDA. Kelly Wicks, manager of international market development for the National Pork Board, said that Mexico continues to be a showcase and was highlighted in the data from USMEF monster year that's continued for Mexico. It's just really exciting to continue to see that market still grow. And so just the diversification and differentiation that's going on in that market with our partner, U.S. Me Export Federation, is fabulous. And you can see that in the numbers. October pork exports total 245,345 metric tons, which is up 3% year over year. When we look at a volume increase compared to last year, value increase, we're up 6% and 9% in volume. So 
just having that increase is really great to see, especially when it's a tough time domestically for our pork producers. So to know that our export markets are strong is really great to be able to communicate. Wick said producers need to look at the production that is going to exports as a big win. That is 28.2% for the January through October. So that's a really strong number. And it's up from your prior months that we've seen. And so it's really bringing back that value. And $60.21 per head is going back to that hog that's slaughtered coming from those export markets. These wins and exports is an example of why the pork checkoff invests in the USMEF as a strategic partner, bringing more value through diversification, differentiation, and defending the product. That investment includes South America with increased shipments to Guatemala, the Dominican Republic, South Korea, and Australia. You can find the full USMEF press release and other year-to-date information at porkcheckoff.org. Well, external parasites in your dairy herd could turn shiny coats into tattered ones and reduce the comfort, efficiency, and performance of the herd. Dr. Jennifer Roberts, professional services veterinarian with Beringer Ingelheim, talks about what types of parasites can be a challenge for dairy producers. Lice are typically going to be found around the neck, shoulders, or back of cattle. And there's a couple different kinds. We have biting lice and sucking lice. Those can be a real challenge because the cows get very itchy from it and can be uncomfortable. The other parasites that we worry about are mange mite. The most common ones that we see are the ones that live around the tail head and the hindquarters of the animal. Coreoptic mange is that classic tail head mange that we think of when we start to see those crusts and scabs around the tail head of the cows. There's another type of mange called sarcoptic mange, and this can cause more severe lesions than the mange mites, the coreoptic mange mites do. But the big concern with sarcoptic mange is that it's transmissible to humans. She talks about why external parasites are a concern, especially in the winter. Anything that impacts cow comfort is going to have an impact on, on their production in the herd. So cows that are spending a lot of time itching and trying to compensate for parasite infestations, they're going to be spending less time lying down, less time ruminating, and less time making milk. And so a comfortable cow is going to be a productive cow. Monitoring for external parasites starts with observation. We want to look for those visible signs, so the crusts and scabs around the tailhead area, any areas of hair loss. Sometimes we'll also see the cows may be exhibiting signs of trying to itch themselves by licking the hair in the opposite direction. These are really helpful visible cues, but they're not always 100%. It's important to involve your veterinarian if you think you may have parasite in the herd. And Roberts talks about best practices when putting together a treatment plan. Some farms will treat the whole herd once a year, and typically we're going to do this in the fall because as we have less day length and less exposure to sunlight and the cow's hair starts to get a little bit longer in the wintertime to compensate for cooler temperatures, we do see an increase in parasite infestations. Other farms will treat at certain stages of production, so they will be pouring cows with a topical dewormer and antiparasiticide year-round. It's really important to work with a veterinarian to determine what's going to be the right approach for each individual herd. And Dr. Roberts also says it's really important to consider what the needs are of the herd individually in consultation with the veterinarian and also really look at the product labels and see what parasites are covered by each individual product. Again, that is Dr. Jennifer Roberts with Beringer Ingelheim. This has been American Ag Today produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen wishing you a great rest of your day.